Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back, everyone, to the A Show of ESSR. It's ESSR Central here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I am your main host, your your number one host, the Fanaki of the ESSR universe, Ross McLeod, joined by David Campbell's favourite co-host, John Asherwood. John, how are you? Hello, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm. I'm taking that as a a wonderful. Uh, thing that I can maybe take as a comment and frame it. I'll print out and frame that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm someone's favourite guest host. I like that. I'm, I'm having that. But yeah, about that, mate, I'm I'm all good. Just a uh, very busy day today. Very uh, heavy exercise day. I've been doing the CrossFit Open. I've been back in the ring. And um, I'm happy to be sat down on the couch now talking to you. <laughs> I think the the part of that that was true was I'm happy to be sat on the couch. <laughs> yeah, but, well, very much so. But I'm really annoyed because I've got to go out again after I finished talking to you because, um, like an idiot, I've left my water bottle there and I'm not back in that area for like two and a bit weeks, and I kind of need that in the meantime. So for the third time, I'm going to go and have to buy a new one. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy who always does stuff. I thought I brought it home. But no, left it there, idiot. Well, as John gets over the loss of his water bottle, we're going to tell you that there's no loss in the content here at ESSR. You can find a massive back catalogue of interviews, reviews, news and previews, all on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and Android. And of course, if you want to get involved in the conversation, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So... Last week, I had Scott on the massive news story of uh, Cody Rhodes leaving AEW and Stone Cold's potential return to the ring. Delayed uh, delayed the, the quiz that we began doing, uh, I don't know if you listened to two weeks ago's show, John, uh, David Hockney with a, a respectable three, shall we say. A, a respectable three. There was some difficulty. <laughs> But we're going to put you through your paces this time. Oh, jeez. Uh, so we get none. Simple enough. I'll tell you when your time starts. You have one minute on the clock. You have... As my next-door neighbour decides to turn their washing machine on, which is right next to <laughs> <me>. uh, <laughs> Sorry about that, dear listeners. Uh so essentially, you've got a minute on the clock. You can pass. If you don't know, just say pass, and we'll move on to the next one. And we're going to we're going to see how far this goes. How many people from ESSR we can get on, and see if we can build a wee quiz table. And of course, John, you being a regular host, you will be offered chances of redemption more regularly than others. So yeah, I might need them. <laughs> so. 60 seconds on the clock, and your time starts now. Who was the first woman eliminated from this past Sunday, Saturday's Elimination Chamber? Uh, um, uh, uh, Nikki A.S.H. Name any United States champion from the year 2004. Wow. Um, John Cena. 
Which state will hold this year's Money in the Bank pay-per-view? That's Vegas. That's uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, isn't it? What number did Leighton Buzzard win this past Sunday's square goal at? Uh, pass. Name any tag team that starts with the letter L. Legion of Doom. How many times did the WWE, uh, the WCW Championship sorry, change hands on WWE TV? Five. Who's older, Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville? Mandy Rose. Right, time up there. So, let's see. You, you, you sounded like you were falling in the stairs when I asked you the first question. You panicked or you? I, I was, yeah. Because I, I was trying to remember it. I was trying because obviously I've, I watched the event on. Uh, I watched it on Sunday, I think. So I was out on Saturday, so I missed it. Um, so yeah, I watched it on Sunday night, and I was trying to remember who it was because I, I remember like the the bit towards the end. I remember sort of the the go home of the match, but I was trying to remember the order of who came in when. Well, you said Nikki Ash, and you were correct there. Uh, uh, United States champion from the year two thousand four. You could have had the Big Show. You could have had Booker T. You could have had Carlito. Or you could have had what you took, which is John Cena, correct? Oh, by the way, John Cena now follows me on Twitter. So there's that. So, yeah, we're mates. That's why I knew that. Oh, well, we must have DM'd you. Um, Which state will hold this year's Money in the Bank? You said Las Vegas, Nevada. That is correct. Uh, You didn't know what number Leighton Buzzard won the square goal this past Sunday. He won it at number 17. I was going to say 13. So, yeah, I'm glad I didn't. Any tag team that starts with letter L, Legion of Doom, correct. How many times did WCW Championship change hands on WWE TV? It was five, you were right. Oh my God, really? Kurt Angle beat Booker T, Booker T beat Kurt Angle, The Rock beat Booker T, um, Chris Jericho beat The Rock, and then The Rock beat Chris Jericho. Wow. And then... It was renamed the world title, so it was no longer the WCW title. That, that genuinely um, was a guess. And Chris Jericho unified it. Who's older, Mandy Rhodes or Sonya Deville? You said Mandy Rhodes, didn't you? I did. Mandy Rhodes is older by three. Uh, Mandy Rhodes, sorry, is older by three years. She's three years older than Sonya. Check that out. So you done quite well there. You get six out of seven. Smashed it. Smashed it. So top of the table. Uh, just like Liverpool will be in a few weeks. Yes, come on. <laughs> David Hockney, much like, I was about to say much like your beloved Liverpool, but much like my beloved Glasgow Rangers as well, also three points behind the title race. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, people in glass houses and all that. Exactly. <laughs> but no, I'm quite pleased with that. Thank you very much. Was, uh, good, good to take part in that, and I'm glad I had a sterling debut. There we are. So, six of the best for John Isherwood. Uh, next week's show, Chris, I'll be putting him through his paces. And that leads us straight on to the news stories, John. Uh, and we'll talk about Cesaro because that's the sort of the, as you said before we went on air, it's the one that's still fresh in the mind. Uh, after 11 years in WWE, Cesaro has left the company. Um seems his contract uh, ran out. They were unable to come to a new deal. It seems to be, seems WWE are doing that quite a lot these days. Um, the likes of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano, uh, Daniel Bryan, contracts running up and not being able to keep people around. Uh, 
anymore. Could that be part of, uh, could that be down to maybe unhappiness in the workplace? Um, I know there's been plenty of people that have came out and said they were miserable in WWE, but with the likes of Sami Zayn recently saying not everyone in WWE is miserable, it just kind of depends on where you are on the card. Or could that be the downfall of these these big extensions that gave people uh, round about the time AEW came into existence, uh, these pricey, massive contract extensions that they're no longer able to match? Uh, or could it just be a combination of the two? I think it's a combination of a lot of things, to be honest. I mean, you're talking about pricey contract renewals. I mean, there's a lot of talk about AJ Styles renewing his contracts, and allegedly he's you know, pretty much signed for life. Uh, from the reports I've just been reading at WWE, and they're talking about $3 million a year. That's a lot of money. Um, Cesaro and, and a lot of the, the guys that you mentioned before who had their contracts expire, I think some of them were down to poor management and they let them expire and didn't notice. I think that was a problem with some. And then you get ones like Adam Cole where they clearly wanted him to stay. And they clearly wanted him to be a part of one of the two, inverted commas, main roster shows. But creatively, it wasn't working out. And Cesaro, who has got to be one of the most talented performers in in WWE, the guy's incredible. He's so good. And, you know, he, he does have a personality when he's allowed to show it. He's fantastic in the ring. He can pull a great match out of anybody. And, you know, I mean, his last match was against Happy Corbin. And, you know, yes, he, he lost, but he pulled a decent match out of Happy Corbin, which, to be fair, decent thing. Um, I think with this, there's a combination of everything he said there. It's, it's them putting the finances down for others, but when they're saying as well that they're making more money than they've, made before then that shouldn't be an excuse it's also a, a case of we have no idea what we're going to do with you now and you know creatively i believe that they they didn't really know where to go with him they didn't know what to do and a performer of his level they they need a plan they need something to do for him because he he is a legit world title contender in a sense if he's built correctly i mean he had that you know he, he's had some great matches against the likes of roman reigns in the past he's you know there was the the gauntlet where uh nakamura ended up getting showcased it would have been cesaro if he'd agreed a new deal at that time and now i guess with his his deal running out it's it's one of those where he's gone well look what are you going to do for me well we want you to do this and he's like well i don't want to do that yeah, I, I think I, I could offer more. And they went, well, we don't see that. So there's the impasse. And he goes, well, you know, thank you very much, but no thanks. I mean, allegedly the doors open. He was very popular backstage, seeing all the tweets from lots of superstars. I mean, Seth Rollins put one out with that amazing UFO move that he did on Rollins. Um, obviously, Natty and TJ from their fantastic tag team back in the day. You know, it, it's... It's a real shame that he's gone, I think. And and maybe this is one of those where he he wasn't going to be in that top pro. He wasn't going to get a top program every week. And he sees that he could do something else elsewhere. And maybe they're like, well, look, you know, we could pay you 
to basically sit here and be an enhancement talent, but we're not going to do that because, well, why? There's there's so many things, but I think this one, it's it's sad because we know he's a talent, but also I think like you know a lot of casual WWE fans will probably sit at the back and go, yeah, okay. Um, I'm just reading online here. Um, apparently he has left on good terms. He's mm. not burned his bridges. Uh, there's a report from Fightful Select saying he was one of the most universally liked people on the roster. Everybody um, loves Cesaro. And like I did a bit of um, press with him when Raw and SmackDown were on tour in Manchester. And he was just great. Everybody had brilliant things to say about him. And everybody who'd spoke to him had a lot of great things to say about him as well. And I think that, that says a lot. When you get a talent who's put out there quite a lot to do interviews, everybody says great things about them. That's That says a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And um, he apparently said he wasn't going to be re-signing back in October uh, to people close to him. And it was just a case of it's... He didn't provide a reason for leaving when saying his goodbye to some, but others indicated reasonable disappointment on his part of how he was used, things he was left out of, and spots he didn't get to fill. Uh, I think that's more than, more than would you call it, more than fine. Um, but Strosses and WWE spoke highly of Cesaro's professionalism up until his last match, February 11th on SmackDown to Happy Corbin, as you mentioned. Um He's someone who they put quite a lot of TV time into Cesaro. Uh, you know, five-time WWE slash Raw tag team champion, two-time SmackDown tag team champion, a United States champion, won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, was part of Paul Heyman's faction for a while. Um, he was never in the position fans wanted him to see, but he did certainly get a lot of TV time and a lot of... Um, a lot of big pushes on a on multiple occasions. I think see to me, C's best run in WWE by far was with Sheamus when they were both heels uh, in the bar, and I think breaking them up for a start was a mistake. But breaking them up with just no fanfare and no. No, no, no announcement. It was just a case of, oh, by the way, they're on a different brand now. Like there was never. I know we had the thing with Ridge Holland, but we never had the big one-on-one Sheamus and Cesaro split-up feud. And we know from their best of seven series is that they can deliver quality matches. Those two got the best out of each other. They really did. You know, it was a time when I think both their careers probably weren't going in the direction that they wanted and they got thrown together in that best of seven series. Uh, I think it was Mick Foley who was involved in that at the time. Yeah. And um, they really did kind of like put on these incredible matches and then obviously got put together. Bit of an oddball tag team at first. You know, you've just been this best of seven series, but uh, now you're best mates. And they genuinely were as well. You know, they were genuinely best friends. And if you watch any of the other online videos that Seamus has put up with stuff like that, you know, you, you will see how close these two genuinely are. But yeah, breaking them up was a mistake. But we can say that about many teams, can't we? You know, that they've done yeah, that yeah, to yeah. in the past. <laughs> yeah, and even in the present. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about that, the Iconics are the prime example right there. But 
Yeah, I, I, I think Cesaro had a place in Vince McMahon's mind. If you remember him being on uh, Stone Cold's sessions on the network when he did the one with Vince and Vince was saying, look, I like him, but uh, he doesn't connect. And then there was all of the Cesaro section. Like, no, he does connect. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Can't you see it? And I, I think this is like the, the almost sad thing. And it, it happens with a lot of the foreign superstars they've got there. Yeah. You know, Cause obviously they've got a lot of great talent from Japan, the likes of Nakamura who've come in and, um, Asuka and they don't let them do good promos when we know they can talk and you know they always like chuck someone else in there and it always seemed to me that they were just worried about a language barrier but th there shouldn't have been a language barrier there shouldn't have been a problem no one was not going to understand Cesaro at all that man can speak what five languages anyway fluently yeah he's an absolute genius and it I, I just don't get why they they don't allow European talent that's not from an English-speaking country time on the stick because they should do and it's the same with the likes of Asuka that you know don't push her down that zany route she can do a promo Nakamura can do a promo as much fun as it is watching him and Boogs because Boogs is hilarious he doesn't need Rick Boogs to speak for him no, it's the same with you know Cesaro. He could go out there and cut a compelling promo about who he is and what he does, and yeah, you know, the whole I guess Swiss Superman thing. Yeah, and they they never gave him a clean identity. They never gave him anything really. You know, that there's the fun stuff he was doing when he was like the the James Bond thing when he was kind of like you know doing the whole ripping off of the suit and all that, and and that was cool. But they never really kind of gave him a good run with it. And that is the real shame. And, you know, because that, that guy is such a talent. Like I say, he's great in the ring. He can cut a hell of a promo. He connects with the audience, and we've seen that. I think it's a, a loss for WWE, the fact that he's gone. And he's got the world right in front of him right now. And, yeah, with the reboot of ROH on the way, I, I, I'm hesitant to say he goes to AEW because I do fear he may just get lost in the pack like everybody else. Impact, he would be incredible. He's got a lot of great things ahead of him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, wherever Cesaro goes, he'll be absolutely fine. You mentioned um, getting lost in the shuffle if he went to AEW. Um, well, someone who's sort of been lost in the shuffle of AEW is former Impact World Champion Brian Cage. Uh, Rumoured speculation on his future, but Fightful Select report that word going around the locker room at Wednesday's AEW Dynamite taping was that Cage told the friends that the company had picked up the option of his uh, of his one-year extension. Uh, Cage was said to be surprised at the option as he and virtually everyone in the roster thought his contract would simply expire and he would become a free agent. He hasn't worked any AEW matches, so he hasn't wrestled for eight on a regular AEW show since October 8th's Rampage, where he lost, a, where he lost the FTW title to Ricky Starks. However, he has done four matches on... Chris Jericho's Rock and Rager tour, 
defeating Serpinkento, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Serpentico, Serp- Serpentico, fucking. Serpentico. <laughs> right. Cassidy, uh, Isaiah Cassidy and Angelico. Um, but um, AEW's not confirmed it yet, but it does seem like he is sticking around AEW. That is one I'm very surprised of. He's been very, um, very open on social media. Certainly his wife has been very open on social media that um, they're not happy with how Brian Cage has been used. Um, you look at that face of the revolution um, ladder match, you've got big boys in there like Barney Hobbs, Wardlow, uh, Keith Lee, and it looks like he's going further down the pecking order as the resident big man in AEW, but looks like he was sticking around for a while. Do you see any any like any interesting feuds for Brian Cage, or is there anyone you'd love to see him go up against? For me, I think he would be better off back in Impact, personally. Yep, I, I agree. I think he'd be better off back in Impact. Um, I, I am also quite stunned if they picked up this option um i i find that a bit odd especially like you say after the way he's and his wife have have come out and spoke so sort of in a derogatory manner really about the way that he's been treated in AEW. and i thought he would have gone yep impact i think he would be fine there again you know good straight into the main event slot i don't understand why he's well i mean i guess if it was an automatic option they've just gone yeah we fancy keeping you well if you're going to do that what are you going to do with him yeah i'm sure he he will not want to sit there on the sidelines there's no way he'll want to do that i just find it bizarre that that they're picking up a, a contract with a guy who probably won't do anything and the thing, he was up until, uh, you know, he was the big powerhouse in AEW for a while. But now they've got Keith Lee, uh, powerhouse Hobbs have been pushed. You've got Wardley so. doing more stuff on his own. Say that again? I was saying, yeah, with powerhouse Hobbs, rightly so, being pushed. And uh, yeah. did, did you mention Wardlow as well then? Yeah, yeah, Wardlow yeah. as well. So 100%. That that they're, they're both of them are over, and you know why why not push them? No, absolutely. Um, but it, it does seem like when that um, when that pushes there for those guys, is there room for another fourth big bodybuilder jacked superhuman to be to be getting the same sort of push? And the answer is unfortunately probably not. You're probably You'll probably see him pop up on Dark Elevation and Dark in the next few weeks, but I don't I don't foresee him being involved in any big title pictures. Nope, not at all. Uh, and it's a shame because obviously he's he, he's good and I, I just think he's probably gonna be heavily misused there. He's not gonna really do much. I mean, sure, give give us him and Wardlow, yeah, that's a yeah two big dudes battering each other, great. And we know both of them can go. But if you put him against Wardlow, Wardlow's going to go over because he's on that crest of a wave right now. You put him against Keith Lee. Sorry, Keith Lee ain't losing right now. Yeah, and you put him against Powerhouse Hobbs. Well, Hobbs is on the come up. Don't 
don't don't put him down now just because you've re-signed Brian Cage. So he's looking and going, well, who who do I fight? Lance Archer, maybe? Oh, there you go. There's another, another big man who is consistently pushed. So that, so it wouldn't, wouldn't be a fourth big man getting pushed. It would be a fifth big man. And you're like, is there, is there all that room? Like, no, I don't think so. I think so. that's the issue with AEW overall. And I know we've, we've mentioned this on this podcast before that I think AEW have stacked themselves so high that now they're finding that it's actually quite difficult. It's like, I, I, I don't remember if I used this analogy before, but it's like on the old versions of Football Manager when you just bought every great player you could because they never got unhappy. But like in the future games, you know, you bought a bunch of the best strikers in the world and you can't play them all every week. And they start to get annoyed because they're not getting games. And that's just what that's just what's happening here. These people are not gonna Yeah, you know, they're gonna be like, Yeah, we signed for AEW, this is amazing. What do you mean I'm I'm not on? What do you mean I'm on the YouTube show? Oh, right. Yeah, it's... thanks. Thanks, lads. So but they're getting they're getting a paycheck. <laughs> they are, they're getting a paycheck. Um so Speaking of AEW uh, overstacking their roster, uh, Jeff Hardy recently did an interview with Jared Myers and he flat out revealed that he's going to AEW. Um, I'm going to AEW, said Jeff. I'm so excited until this morning. I didn't really know. I'm so nervous and excited. Um, no news from AEW's side again to confirm this, but Matt Hardy recently confirmed that his brother turned down turned down an offer to go back to WWE. Uh, the Hardys have been announced for the March 13th, no, March 12th, sorry, big time wrestling show going up against uh, Brian uh, Brian Myers and new uh, new NWA world champion, Matt Cardona. Uh, I was about to say Impact world champion. Oh, he's got all the belts at the minute, and He's loving Matt Cardona. Well, he's, well, he is the Impact Digital Media world champion, so... <laughs> but yeah, Jeff Hardy's starting to get out there again and going to All Elite Wrestling. This isn't something that really excites me. It's uh, it's there's still a bit of fishiness around his departure from WWE that just doesn't sit right with me. And obviously, Jeff's going to come out and say, "I'm not," you know, "I'm not on anything." But he's got a history of substance abuse when people are at saying he's acting erratic and you know he was he was walking out of shows and like obviously people are going to assume that so the fact that AEW might sign him which I'm not saying they will because AEW haven't confirmed anything yet without well, maybe doing a wellness said, check on them it's, you said something there which just twigged um, a, a, a bit of intrigue in my mind because you said you weren't that excited, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff's told everybody don't get excited. I don't know whether you've seen a tweet this on his uh, on his page. All right. Um, he tweet, he's tweeted this overnight where he's basically said, nothing is official. Social media, it can't be right now. I've simply set a goal for myself and I will achieve it Eventually, question mark. The main thing is, 
don't get excited. Well, don't worry, Jeff, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I think he's like, he's jumped the gun a bit. And, yeah. And the I, deal's not done. And and there's, there's, there's a problem. Or is he just going like, oh, I, I need to take the heat off this a bit. So I'll just tell everybody that it's not, it's not there to get excited about. Maybe AEW are saying, look, we need to... We need to see you back in the ring. We need to make sure you're okay. And maybe AEW, you know, are doing their their due diligence here. And for that, I, I would applaud them because not only does it put Jeff Hardy in danger if he's in there, not in the best state of mind, it puts his opponent at risk as well. And, you know, you don't want to see anyone get hurt and you don't want to see anyone wrestling when they're not at their best self. So... If if that's the case, then kudos to AEW. But I think I think you might be right. I think Jeff Hardy's let the let the cat out the bag. That wasn't meant to be a that wasn't meant to be revealed for a few weeks. I think he's under a no compete clause until March 9th. So I think legally they're not allowed to say yeah he's coming to AEW. Yep, I think that's the, the case. I mean, basically, I think he just screwed up a little bit and 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 jumped the gun. Um. Which is is interesting that he did that, and if he's saying like, "Don't get excited," is it going to happen? Is it not? Um, will the Hardy Boys get a pop? Yes. Will we do anything really? No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm I'm not excited about Jeff joining AEW, and that's no disrespect to Jeff whatsoever because obviously he's done what he's done. He's he's a talent, but I think you know for him, and also I just don't think AEW need him. No, I don't think that either. That's that's the thing. AEW does have tag teams. They're just all on. They're all on. Would you call it at the minute? They're all on a dark. Minus the young bucks, like they're, they, or they're on rampage. None of them are ever on dynamite anymore. Yeah, it's it's sad. It's so sad. Anyway, we move on to um, to some WrestleMania news, and we'll also discuss how we got there by reviewing the elimination chamber shortly. But WWE have announced uh, night one WrestleMania will be Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and then winner take all, winner winner take all, winner winner take all. As I do my best Survivor Series two thousand one impression, um, <laughs> as Roman Reigns take on takes on Brock Lesnar in a title for title match. Um, no big surprise here, is there, John? Uh, no, I think that's the right thing. They're going to send. Yeah, the fans home with a huge event on Sunday. Um, great for the ladies headlining as well. Um, that's exactly what I would have thought. You know, as soon as Ronda came back, you knew she was gonna she was gonna headline, and 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 that was gonna be at least one of the big nights there. So, yep, yeah, and Roman and, and Brock in you know in a huge high stakes match, really, as it's set right now. Doing the Sunday, the right placing for it because you've got that extra time to build it as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, something I find, we've had a wee bit of a debate about it in our, um, in our podcast chat. Is it going to be title unification? Is it going to be title for title? Is Roman going to be on both brands or is Brock going to be on both brands as the world champion? Uh, 
They've not mentioned title unification yet. Like they were quite clear uh, when John Cena challenged uh, Randy Orton that it was going to be a, a championship unification match. Here they're just saying title versus title. Yeah, it does look like it's going to be, you know, the winner coming out with both. And there's not a unification. Um, that is quite interesting, uh, the way that they, they are going to go about that. I've always advocated a two-man power trip from Reigns and Lesnar, both managed by Heyman on two brands. Uh, it would be fun. But it's obviously not going to happen. Um, Cowboy Brock is loving life right now. You know he's 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 been fantastic uh, in this face uh, situation that he's got himself into. Um, it's yeah, it does look like it's going to be tough. So does that mean they're going to do double duty? Does that mean they're going to? I don't even know anymore. I I don't want to see a title unification match. Just simply because I don't think the networks would allow it. Uh, when both shows were on the USA Network, it was the USA Network that demanded the brand split return yeah. because they, they weren't seeing anything good for SmackDown. SmackDown was sort of just there. You know what I mean? SmackDown was their, their version of superstars. And then you've got the likes of... Um, the USA Network demanded two world titles, you know, and that's why we have them. The USA Network uh, introduced the 24-7 title and demanded that when WWE went to Fox that the 24-7 title was a Raw title. We've saw that that is a solely Raw title now. So I don't think either Fox or the USA Network would be happy that there's only one champion. I think... One guy with two belts, sorry, with a unified champion, they wouldn't be happy with. One guy with two belts, absolutely fine. But I just I don't want a. We've already had the world title. We've now got the universal title. I don't want to get into this every couple of years where we reintroduce a new world title, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we've got this world title again, and it's meant to be a big deal because it just dilutes, I think, the past titles. If you get me. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the, the the universal title and the world title, you kind of forget now which one was the original WWE title, you know, through this. And, and you know, who held it? Well, oh, this guy. And, and then, you know, what did the World Heavyweight Championship become? And that just disappeared. And, yeah, I, I think, you, you know, you're diluting the lineage of a lot of things like that. And it's kind of pointless. Uh, obviously, you know, they wanted something for their brand they wanted something for raw and they wanted something for smackdown i think they could have done something a bit more unique instead of just having a blue strap and a red you know and and and, and the red one at the time you know it's now the black and the uh, and the blue strap i think they could have done a lot you know better making a a, a more distinct title yeah no absolutely yeah i mean it's it's a complicated situation, but I think this is the point where the, you know they introduced them, and now they've got themselves to this point, and now they've got to go. Oh, what do we do? I think um, I think you might see Reigns do double duty for a while. I don't want to see Brock Lesnar having both world titles. 
Because Mate, Brock's not going to be on Raw every week. That's just it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like it's WWE don't have the dates for him to do that, or the money for him to do that. So yeah, as you said, it's not going to happen. And you know, I, I'd like Reigns to maybe maybe go over to Raw for a bit and be you know be their champion, be the WWE champion again, maybe. Excuse me, money in the bank is in June. Maybe have someone cash in on him for the for the universal title and move Reigns over to Raw quietly and just have him have him keep going as the WWE champion. And then, you know, next year's WrestleMania we can build someone up to take the title from him. But Can I throw my wild theory in? On you go. <laughs> because they keep they keep talking about this. Now whether it'll happen or not, I don't know, but the buzz for this going off WrestleMania Sunday night would be incredible. Reigns beats Lesnar and he's got the two tiles, whether it's through chicanery or whatever, whether Heyman gets involved on Lesnar, he, he, he disappears off for a bit. He, he vanishes. He comes back and does a yeah, headline feud with whoever. Reigns gets on the mic. He gets on the stick at the end of it. And he's there going, you know, I've, I've vanquished him, I've, I've beaten him, you know, you all got to acknowledge me, you know. I am, you know, he is the champ. It's like, nobody can beat me. And as he does that, if you smell, and then <laughs> The Rock comes out. Because they've got, only had a little bit of history of doing this. If The Rock actually does come out, and he does do this, because it keeps being spoke about that is a feud you can plug in one year in advance. And that is, again, they've talked about it for the headline of WrestleMania in LA at the SoFi Stadium. You can do that one year in advance. They did it with Rock and Cena. You've got a year to tell that story and everything that can happen in between it to throw that match off. Rock doesn't even have to be on TV. Absolutely. No, I... I would absolutely love for that to happen. And you know what? That's a match that doesn't need the WWE title. It doesn't. And it really doesn't. He could drop the belt before it. You know, somebody else could pick it up. Like I said, the winner of Money in the Bank, whatever. It, it doesn't I'm matter. Thinking. But like, you know, with Reigns, because if Reigns beats Lesnar, he will have pretty much gone through everybody. And who else is left? Who else is built up enough to be a serious contender to take him down. Very true, very true. There's no um, one. They haven't built anybody up enough to do it. Absolutely. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to get the fantasy of The Rock being at this year's WrestleMania. He doesn't even have to necessarily be there. He could do it on a big screen. I think I think that I don't think they do that for WrestleMania. I think they would no, do that for many other people do, but I don't think they do it for Mania. Total pipe dream, but I've said it now. So if it happens, then yeah, you know, I predicted it. I'm right. On this day, <laughs> I, I see clearly, and I may have actually predicted that. But um, I would love for that to happen. And can you, you know, they want everybody talking about this event. They want everybody talking about what's going to happen because, like, can you. Can you imagine the roar the night after the 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 fever in that arena will be incredible because what is Roman gonna say? He's you know he's got to answer this challenge. 
it would be, and obviously the mainstream press that they will get out of that will just go through the roof. And, you know, it is a one-off. Whether he'll come back and do it, it's all down to his schedule, I guess. But, you know, like I said, I put it out there now. So if it happens, you heard it here first. <laughs> um, we, we talked about two AEW... I know we're going to talk about the Elimination Chamber shortly, but we talked about two potential AEW signings. We actually forgot to talk about the one that actually happened. <laughs> yes. uh, Buddy Matthews uh, joining AEW... Uh, joining the House of Black faction with Brody King and Malachi Black, um, attacking attacking uh, Penta and was it Ray Phoenix and Pack, wasn't it? Pac, yeah, sorry. yeah. Perfect, and, perfect. Getting him in. Yeah, he's someone I think. Glad he's there, and I'm glad that he's going to be in a faction so he doesn't get lost in the shuffle as well. Yeah, and obviously, you know, he fits in perfectly with those two. It's a great uh, great place for him to be. He's going to really enjoy it there. I think he can stand out because I think he can have some fantastic matches with a variety of people. He's very similar in stature as well to uh, Tupac, so I'd like to see those two go at it. Um, I think, you know, that's a great place to be at the start. And like you said, he... With him being in a faction, he's not going to get too lost. You know, he's he's not just going to come over and have a couple of highlight matches and disappear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll go into the Elimination Chamber now. And what we'll do is we go through match by match. We'll maybe, we'll talk about the outcomes heading into WrestleMania with them because there's a lot of stuff that happened on Raw this week that is directly linked to the Elimination Chamber. So uh, Rey Mysterio defeats Miz via pinfall. Uh, Miz, after the match, said... He wasn't happy. He was, you know, he was beaten down. He, you know, it's a two-on-one assault. My brother then made the sarcastic remark as we watched it together. If only Miz had a partner, they didn't fire. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Miz then came out on Raw, said, uh, my opponent, uh, my partner is absolutely dashing. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, who's a free agent. Uh, and Miz then revealed his partner for WrestleMania, to take on the Mysterios, none other than Logan Paul. Logan Paul going hard for that celebrity celebrity wing induction in 2040 by appearing at two <laughs> WrestleManias in a row. Um, this was quite a fun match, Ray versus Miz. Just a, a sort of fun little kick the show off match. And Miz TV with Ray and Dominic was quite good. And you know what? If you're going to have someone as despicable as the Miz then you need someone even more despicable so we can boom even more. And Logan Paul is just that. Um, he lives a lifestyle that only some of us can dream of, and I think that's what makes people hate him even more. Well, they finally realise that people genuinely don't like the guy. <laughs> Instead of trying to like, put him down as, as a face and like, hey, it's Logan Paul from the internet. Um, everyone's like, no, it's Logan Paul. We hate him. So let's put him with The Miz, who's a heat magnet. Great. Yeah, and put him up against Ray and Dom. Yeah, it, it's cool. And, and finally, I think, you know, like you said, they've realised that Logan Paul's not well-liked by the WWE Universe. So it's um, it's a cool thing to do. And and again, a good celebrity rub. You know, it's gonna it, he's going to talk about it a lot, without a doubt. And 
Uh, and you know, like I said, you know what you got out of Ray and, and, and the Miz. Miz is like one of the safest workers on the planet, and, and what he does is good. His personality is fantastic. Um, you know what you're going to get out of Ray. The guy's seemingly timeless, you know. Um, and Dominic still, I think, still learning a little bit. And he, yeah, I think there's there's no reason to sort of split those two up at all. They're going to get the feel good win at WrestleMania, and and yeah, I mean, it was all cool, all cool. And um, we talked about Roman Reigns as like, reign of dominance and not no one being built up and no one being able to take him down. He's the first person, even if even though it was technical submission, he's the first person to ever get a, a win via submission against Goldberg. Wow. Uh, beating Goldberg uh, for the Universal title. I actually quite enjoyed this match. I didn't think it was... I didn't think it was nearly as bad as some of Goldberg's past matches. And, you know, they came out 100 miles an hour and then Roman stopping the spear, uh, the jackhammer with the with the guillotine I thought was genius and yeah just a big like, shocking opening match the fact that Goldberg went down to a submission I think coming coming into this expectations were probably quite low because of Goldberg so when you say you know you you were quite surprised by it you were, you know that you enjoyed it I'm going to guess that's probably why because I'm going to guess your expectations were low because of Goldberg I mean, I wasn't expecting... Uh, oh, we're not expecting a Dave Meltzer five-star classic, are we? Oh, no, no. No, maybe maybe if it took place in the Tokyo Dome and not the Saudi Dome, maybe. But, you know, not not not, <laughs> not in Saudi Arabia. Well, I think that's the thing, because you've still got... When you think about Saudi Arabia, you've still got that that match in your mind, right, when it comes to Goldberg. And, and I certainly had that. And I thought, well, this isn't going to last too long. But like you said, it was perfectly enjoyable and i think you know reigns got over very very well with that you know it's again another key name that he's been able to to be and and that's a, a great thing for reigns i think goldberg he said it it was his last match on his wwe deal i believe and, and maybe that is it for him uh i i think it should be but um you know, uh, he put in a, a fairly valiant performance really in that and he, he actually did quite well to be fair uh, but like I said, it was a, a decently enjoyable match, and I think that, that says a lot for Roman Reigns. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I, I was talking about this. Um, I, I watched the Royal Rumble with a few guys from the podcast, and we were talking about the the difference between Goldberg and Brock Lesnar because um, as a special attraction, because we were watching, before watching the Rumble, we were watching... Uh, the 2020 Rumble back and it was the thing with Keith Lee and Braun and Brock and we were like oh god you could have done something with Keith and Brock and god why didn't you know Braun beat Brock when you know he was really over and what I was saying was there's so many great dream matches we could have with Brock Lesnar but the harsh reality is he's Brock Lesnar and he has to win at least 80% of those matches so yeah. that the 20% he loses we are like Wait, what? The, he beat him, you know, because and I know Strack uh, is a big TNA fan from the original era. He he was watching it back and he was like, Bobby Roode, longest reigning TNA champion, and they they did that. And my argument there was, there's a lot of TNA champions. There's only ever going to be one Brock Lesnar, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of 
people that have won the TNA title, only one Brock Lesnar. And yep. the reason I bring this up is that Goldberg's return recently, it's it's a loss to Bobby Lashley, it's a loss to The Undertaker, it's a loss to Drew McIntyre, it's a loss to Braun Strowman. When Braun Strowman wasn't really at his peak at the time, Braun Strowman was sort of on the cooldown. You know, it's, it's diminishing returns and like, oh my God, he beat Goldberg. Well, Goldberg's recent record isn't exactly great. He he beat Brock Lesnar, and then I don't think he won a match again for like another two years because he didn't win the Rumble. He didn't beat um, he didn't beat Brock at WrestleMania. I think his next win was the Fiend, like two years later. Although, don't don't ask. Uh... Wyndham returned to that because uh, he he doesn't talk about it. <laughs> I don't I don't blame him for not wanting to talk about it. As so he yeah. said to uh, in a reply to somebody who put him on a list with the people that um, have been beaten there, um, he said, "Take that shit out of your mouth." Well, fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't happy about that. But yeah, Goldberg diminishing returns. Uh, sorry, Dolph Ziggler was his next one and. So that that should be the sort of thing he should be doing. See, when Jinder was with the Singh brothers, yeah. I would have loved to have seen a Jinder Mahal-Goldberg feud. Just Goldberg terrorising the three of them every week. Yeah. You, know, you could have had a fun handicap match where Goldberg destroys both Singh brothers on one of the Saudi shows, and then maybe at SummerSlam, Goldberg does what he did to Dolph Ziggler. He beats the living out of out of a gender mahal. Yeah, and, and that should be the people, if Goldberg's going to come back, that should be the people he's going to go up against. The likes of gender mahal, your your happy Corbins, your your madcap mosses, people who we hate enough, but we know are never going to be in the world title picture. And mm-hmm. it gives them the big legend pop, you know what I mean? See when Undertaker used to return, now between WrestleManias when he wasn't doing anything, he'd occasionally return just to choke slam someone. That should be what he does. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, yeah, maybe he'll do that kind of legend spot now, where he'll just come in and you know drop someone with a spear and a jackhammer or something like that. You know, so, yeah, I, I just I don't want to see him in a full match anymore. Nah, I mean, me neither. I've I've no interest in seeing him in the world title picture, but wouldn't mind seeing him in other matches. Just obviously pick the opponent wisely. Mm. Um, Bianca Belair, we mentioned earlier uh, that. Uh, Ronda and Charlotte are going to main event WrestleMania. Well, Bianca is going to go up against the only other woman to main. Uh, sorry, one of the only three other women to main event WrestleMania, Becky Lynch. After defeating Alexa Bliss, to drop Liv Morgan, Nikki Ash, and Rhea Ripley, and I thought it was a really good match. I actually thought Alexa Bliss was going to pull it out at one point. Bianca was my overwhelming favourite at one point. Uh, I thought Rhea Ripley had a chance, but then. As soon as she went out, I was like, oh God, this 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 could be Alexa Bliss's for the taking. But Bianca Belair against Becky, and I'm really looking forward to this because they've done a good job of keeping those guys apart. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I agree. And keeping Becky really, really annoying. Yeah, which is hard because everyone wants to cheer her because it's Becky Lynch. Uh, and it's hard to kind of put her in that role isn't it it's really really difficult um great match this it's really good you know the ladies all put in incredible performances i think you know 
all their gear was top notch as well. Yeah, you know, they all looked great. They all went in there and did the business. Um, Rhea, I, I like Rhea. I've got a lot of time for Rhea Ripley, and you know, once it once again, her time will come, and you know, she will she will do good things. Um, I did think Alexa Bliss might have had a chance with this, you know, making that big comeback. I, I don't think she's fully settled yet as a, you know, as to where she is with the character. Um, Love the swing in the chamber, though. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was so good. Yeah, she, uh, Bliss is brilliant. Yeah, she's really, really good. And I'm happy that she's back now. Um, Bianca is always great. You know, she does great stuff. Um, and and rightfully won that match in the end, uh, pick, picking up that win. That was uh, that was what she needed. I think the the post show raw when she came out after that. My only my only negative point about Bianca Belair is I don't think she's a great promo. Yeah, you know, she's she's not massively convincing on the mic. She's not. She's confident. She's quite cocky with it. You know, she's got that arrogance of I can beat the crap out of you because, you know, because she's such a stellar athlete. But there's something missing where she, every now and again, I just kind of hear that twinge of unconfidence, you know, that, that, that twinge of doubt and, and that she's not completely confident in what she's saying. And and again, kudos to people like Becky who then pull it round and mm-hmm. like, you know, piss her off so much that it really gets under people's skin. But I I think once once she steps up that part of her game, because yeah, you know, look, not every, every talent's perfect, but once she steps up that part of her game, she'll be an even better package put together. Um she she is without a doubt, you know, a a top-notch superstar there and she's going to do great things. I think she just needs to add that little extra sparkle to her promos and like, you know, when she's coming out and doing the whole girl, uh-uh, you know, <laughs> deliver it with some confidence. Like, just say it like you mean it. And like, every time I've heard her say it recently, she's not said it like she means it. She's not emphasized all the points and, and that makes her look a little weaker because Becky's more confident. And Becky's got her point coming across. And like, I mean, like, you know, Rhea Ripley, I think, puts her point across really, really well. You know, you would not mess with Rhea because she delivers her lines and her threat with that actual, you know, with the promise. You know, she she is intimidating when she says it. And, you know, you believe her. I think that's that's the extra thing that, that Bianca needs. She just needs that more... I want to get behind her more and I want her to make me believe in her a little bit more with what she says. Cause I know she can do it in the ring, but like give me that extra bit because then, then she's got that full package. I, I, I do think she's good in the mic. I think maybe it's just, she's going up against people like, you know, our, our feuds recently have been the likes of Charlotte Flair and, uh, Rhea Ripley, who's quite good on the mic as well, and Sasha Banks and Becky yeah. Lynch. You know, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think she's bad on the mic. I just think maybe, maybe it's just a case of you going up with. You know, not everyone's going to be the greatest on the mic. So you know, you could have a promo against 
you know, just looking at the card here, just for an example, but like Drew McIntyre, like mm. as much of a cringe with his Scottish American American accent, he can cut a promo, but then if he goes up against the Miz or Roman Reigns or oh, God forbid Paul Heyman, yeah, he done for right. Totally shreds, you know what I mean. So I think it is just a case of like levels to it, like. Bianca might not be there on Becky Lynch's level, but few people are. I think um, because I want I want her to be there because I think she's the future. Uh, you know, I want her to be on that level. So like if if I was co- you know, coaching backstage, if I was the guy putting the promo together, um, you know, I'd I'd be telling this and I I I'd sit her down with, with Tez as well. Uh, because Tez delivers his lines with that big passion and that big voice. And like, you know, Bianca should have that big voice as well. You know, she should be commanding and and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have to be sort of super smiley all the time. I think that's something she's been maybe a bit guilty of recently, just coming in there and being like really, really smiley and like, I'm really happy to be here. And, you know, it's it's cool to have that. But straight up tell me that you are going to beat the living hell out of Becky Lynch and then watch Becky's reaction because she'll she'll bounce straight off that. Yeah. Becky well, will bounce right off that and give her exactly what she needs. Well, let's talk about Becky Lynch uh, defending her Raw Women's title against uh, Lita. I thought that was a great match. I thought um, I was a bit fearful for Lita in the ring, but I thought she made a good account of herself. Fair play to Becky Lynch for bringing her up to her level. And it was one of those ones you wanted to believe Lita could win, but at the same time, WWE's plugging this. It's been three years since someone beat me for a title thing with Becky Lynch. Yeah, they're not going to give that away on a Saudi show. They're going to um, that. That's going to go to WrestleMania, I think. And even then, I'm fifty-fifty on whether Becky Lynch wins or not. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in your boat with that one. There, um. I really enjoyed this, actually. I thought Lita, as you said, put a great account of herself across. I thought she was great for, you know, not being in the ring for so long. She didn't look like she'd missed any time at all. And, yeah, I think I think she could still go. I think there's, there's, there's another little run in there. And I think, you know, someone like Lita could give the rub to somebody else. Um, so if, you know, if she wants to agree that deal with WWE, more more of that please I, I thought this was a decent match you know Becky's come back into her own you know she looks fantastic she's doing the, the, the big time Beck stuff which is working and great match really good match you know what I'd like just thinking just now what we're going to do for the women's tag titles at Wrestlemania I forgot they existed absolutely uh, Rhea Ripley and Lita could go up against Carmella and Zelina. Queen Zelina. Queen Zelina, my apologies. Um, and maybe after a while, maybe a short tag title run, Ripley turns on Lita, and then we have a big marquee match for SummerSlam. Yeah, bring it on. That's cool. Ripley versus Lita, I think that could be quite cool. Um, speaking of women's tag team matches, Naomi and Ronda Rousey uh, defeating Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Naomi getting some revenge on Sonya Deville. Uh, Charlotte Flair, uh, Ronda Rousey, sorry, getting back in the ring. I liked that she came out with the, because they had to be covered, she came out with the, the gi on that um, she got, I believe she won, was it a silver medal she got in Beijing? Yes, yeah. 
so they like an actual Olympic athlete just shows you the 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 range of Ronda Rousey's talent. I'd use uh, that more if I was Ronda. I'd bring that. I, I'd wear that a lot more. I uh, think it, it it gives it that extra legitimacy to her character, um, and and you know it it looked cool as hell. So I'd 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 wear that even you know even if she takes it off when she gets to the ring. I'd wear it. Who cares? Get it branded, you know. Get one branded up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the stipulation was that Ronda had to have a hand tied behind her back because Sonya Deville was injured. The hand gets tied behind the back, and then shock horror, the heel was fake, fake, uh, faking an injury. Easy for me to say. Uh, as Sonya Deville reveals that she didn't have a broken arm, and then at the end of the match, Ronda Rousey breaks Sonya Deville's arm as Charlotte Flair walks away. Be interesting uh, to see what happens on SmackDown. We're recording this on a Friday. Be interesting to see what happens tonight. How Charlotte is treated by um, by Sonia Deville. You know, are they going to follow that up, or are they just going to forget? About it? I mean, they're probably going to forget about it, aren't they? I'm hoping is Naomi Sonia over. I I really hope so. I I, um, I hope so too. I can't be bothered with it anymore. Yeah, they I mean, it far it, too soon, didn't they? Yeah, like, like it should have been from the Royal Rumble onwards. That they started it and not the whenever it was not like November or like post draft. It was it was just it's it's a bit much now. Yeah, we've um, dragged out and I don't think we need it anymore. It's yeah. It's cool. Uh, but yeah, nice to see Naomi gets her revenge. She gets a nice spotlight as well, being in there with Ronda Rousey. Rousey gets some ring time and a uh, pretty decent match all round. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Let's talk about the one thing in this match that we all want to talk about. That what the end? <laughs> uh, that bump by Madcap Moss, the... Brutal. For those of you who haven't seen it, Drew McIntyre goes for an Alabama slam. Madcap Moss, the, I think he gets flung too far forward and yeah. he just comes down on the top of his head. It is absolutely brutal. It was... Like you see Corbin's reaction as well. He's like, "Oh my god!" Alec Graves quick to mention the Madcap Moss's, you know, football career and years of neck exercises to make sure he's okay. Thank God that happened. Like I know Johnny Moss when he trains and does seminars, he's a big, a big advocate of making sure that you protect your neck and you know 100%. and. And that, you know, knock on wood, it never happens to any of you who are trying to be a wrestler out there. But then that instant where you may be dropped on your head, it's good to have that those muscles to protect you. Do you know what, mate? I've I've actually landed on my head in the ring and it is scary as hell for a couple of seconds. Um, because you you know you, you feel it and you can hear a crunch. Yeah, you hear that noise and it's horrible. And then, if, you know, the, the thoughts run through your mind. I mean, like, I ping straight back up, much like Moss did. I, mean, I think I protected myself well enough to do it. Again, you took your head. But with that, because obviously he's landing flat on his face, he over-rotated on the Alabama Slam and went, like, too far over almost into a roll up he was like trying to he was trying to go too far over so he came down on the top of his head instead of like flat on his face and and front um yeah i mean 
hundred percent. If if you are in training, like warm your neck up, do something like that, especially if you're getting in the ring and doing anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, it looked horrendous. I saw the clips of it before I actually saw the match, and I was like, "How is he not injured?" Like he he went backstage and was absolutely fine, apparently, but. Wow, that was a brutal looking spot. And again, it's two big lads though, isn't it? And that's the, that that's the thing, you know, it, that's an impressive move to do. Uh a friend of mine has that in his repertoire. He uses that on the regular basis when uh when he's wrestling. Um I've never taken it off him because I don't want to. Um <laughs> but it's um yeah, it is it, it was a brutal move to to do and that that bump was ah it's it sends shivers down my spine thinking about it and i'm just glad he's fine yeah um it looks like we're going to get corbin versus drew at wrestlemania right i feel i feel bad for drew that you know he got all these big matches during the pandemic era he got goldberg and the thunderdome and yet when the when the crowd are there he's losing in the opening match to mania he's having to fight jinder mahal at SummerSlam, he's fighting a happy Corbin at WrestleMania. It's just it seems to be like when the crowd are back, Drew gets the the shit end of the stick. It's really sad because he he was so good through the pandemic. He literally carried that company at times. Uh, he was great, and now and I think now he's just become a victim of circumstance because yeah, Roman's yeah. Roman's doing Roman things. Brock's yeah. back. And they moved him to SmackDown where he probably could have faced Roman. But again, like you put him up against Roman, he's only going to get beat. So, like, <sighs> don't do it now because, you know, hold that off. Just hold it off. And I think that was, again, that that's a problem that they're, you know, trying to solve a square that they're trying to circle. That, you know, they, they've got all these brilliant talents there like that. And they put him on SmackDown. It's like, right, well, he's in the title picture. Oh, no, he's not. And and there's the big there's the big problem is is you know who'd be a booker? <laughs> oh, who would be a booker? Um, well, whoever booked this should not be a booker. Uh, the Usos versus the Viking Raiders. Oh, uh, Viking Raiders make their entrance. The Usos beat the living hell out of the Viking Raiders. Reports coming out after the show. This was planned all along. Great. They flew them to Saudi Arabia to do the entrance and get their heads kicked in. I mean, it's a solid entrance. Let's let's not mess about that whole raid, raid. You know that thing. Um, what was it? What did you say there? Raid, 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 raid. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm punching my chest at the same time. Um, <laughs> you know, you you've seen them do it. Yeah, um, it's a great entrance. It, you know, it's cool. There was that there was that old dear who was well into it uh, in the crowd in SmackDown the other week, but. What a waste of time this was. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about it. Was there an, I'm sure there was an injury involved. I'm sure this has been, that's been the case, hasn't it? Someone, someone was hurt. No, they, what do you call it? They, um... You mean they just did that? Yeah. Great. Well done, everyone. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, uh... Stupid, stupid thing. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, so let's go to the main event. Uh, Brock Lesnar 
defeating. Um, well, we want to talk about legitimate injuries. Bobby Lashley, um, yes, taking out of the elimination chamber beforehand. Was it? Who was it? That, what was it? They threw at his pod. Oh, it was. Um, uh, it, was it Rollins who threw Austin Theory basically at the chamber? That they all say, "I'll beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that, but um, yeah, from what I hear, um, you know, they're talking about the concussion protocol. They're bringing this whole thing out as well, dragging it out for the MSG show coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, the the talk is obviously shoulder surgery, and he's going to be out for about four months. It's a shame as well because uh, Bobby has been so good during the pandemic era as well. And his title run was great. And, you know, the, the stuff with the heart business. Um, do you know what really upsets me? I watched um, I watched Raw uh, two weeks ago and it was Alexander and Benjamin getting beaten in a handicap match by uh, Omos. And they're still using the heart business theme song. And it was just like, it's kind of like when X-Pac was on his own, but still using the DX theme. Yeah. And he's wearing that blue and black gear from 2001. You're just like, give it up, mate. Just (laughs) let it go. (laughs) Live in the now, is Garth (laughs) Terry. That was just sad. But yeah, uh, hope Bobby Lashley gets well soon. Um, And Brock Lesnar apparently calling an audible uh, because... (laughs) Bobby Lashley was announced to be coming in the match he's not in the match so Brock Lesnar decides well I'm not going to wait another five minutes I'm going to kick the fucking door off this thing right now he's just there like you know what he, he ain't going to watch on but he looked at it and he went I ain't getting paid by the hour here lads and he just puts his foot through that thing and goes right you here <laughs> goes for it and uh, I mean I'm there for it it was it was fantastic um, but yeah I mean it's Brock Lesnar isn't it just let him do what he wants Exactly, exactly. Just, are you going to tell him no? Nah, hell no. <laughs> uh, a few uh, fives, and uh, the ring is cleared of the likes of Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. Only Austin Theory. I don't know if you've seen Austin Theory posting the meme where it's the Spider-Man cage yeah. match. Bone so, what are you doing up there? Getting away from you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, 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 I like what they're doing with theory uh it's great and and they gave him a big a big rub really there with how lesnar um made him you know kind of made him look even though he ran away from him for most of it um and then literally threw him onto the metal plate um yeah i thought that f5 was going in the ring nah just chuck you on the metal lad yeah <laughs> Hanging with Lesnar now, sunshine. I'm going to chuck you from up the top of this chamber right on that floor. Um, but, uh, hey, look, fair play for him for taking that bump, you know, because that could have been horrendous. Um, I'm sure it hurt like hell, and the, the plane ride home, he was probably getting all the ice and the drinks for his, you know, uh, for, for, for his body. But, um, yeah, I, you know, it, it, was, it was cool, and, and Lesnar obviously just came in doing Lesnar things. And and battered everyone. I I would have liked. I did enjoy the the F five, but I would have enjoyed uh, a bit more if it was someone other than Theory in there because Theory was the only one I couldn't believe was going to win the title. Like the likes of Riddle, AJ, and Seth. I'm like, yeah, I can I can see them 
at WrestleMania with a title on them, but I, I couldn't see Theory, certainly not at the moment, uh, going in as champion. But uh, there was only ever going to be one winner. Brock Lesnar wins the title, and it's almost as if it was predetermined because as soon as it happened, they had a graphic on the screen, title versus title, Roman versus Brock. Um Suppose when you're going to, you know, when you've got Ronda Rousey competing for one women's world title, uh, you've got Becky and Bianca for the Raw women's title, uh, which is a long-term story as well. And then you've got this Brock versus Roman match. I suppose it's probably better to have both titles because just one title in that match, the other title is going to be overshadowed because it's going to be a rushed, you know, four-week promo. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, It's... It's it's the right thing to do, and and all worked out perfectly. And we've obviously made our our opinions clear that we don't want title unification, but I'm looking forward to the match. I just I hope it's Roman that comes out on top. I think it will be. I mean, I I I can't see them using Brock, you know, in that in that two champion mold because like I said he's not he's not there every week is he he's not going to be on every Raw and every Smackdown because that's going to cost Vince McMahon a lot of money and when he's just made record profits he ain't going to wax it all on Brock Lesnar um, so I think that there is going to be you know the, the, the Roman coming out of the uh, at the end of Wrestlemania with the title um, yeah, and that's great for Roman Reigns um, it, it'll be a hell of a match and, and, and a fun build and of course you know the, the story's there isn't it with Paul Heyman yeah they've, they've got Paul Heyman in the middle of these two now so there's plenty you can do with him over the next uh, five six weeks and and that I, yeah I'm, I'm all there to see that yeah me, me too I'm absolutely here for it um, excuse me uh, Saturday though wasn't the only uh, sorry, no, start again, Jesus. Because <laughs> uh, I've got the other pay-per-view loaded, I'm reading that first. Uh, wow. The Elimination Chamber wasn't the only pay-per-view this past Saturday. Uh, Impact presented their Impact Plus special, No Surrender, coming to you from the Alario Centre in Westigo, Louisiana. Uh, some big matches on this card. They had... Uh, a fatal four-way X Division number one contenders match. They had Jay White making his Impact debut against Eric Young. Matt Cardona and Jordan Gracie going up for the Impact Digital Media Championship. The Good Brothers versus the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, Mickey James versus Tasha Steeles. Moose versus W. Morrissey. And Honor No More against Team Impact. Um, have you watched the show yet, John? I honestly haven't. I've seen the clips from it. I've not had a chance to watch the show just for, for being mad busy. I've seen a lot of clips of obviously the main event um, and and what happened there. Um, I've seen a lot of Jonah and Black Taurus. And uh, yeah, I've not, I have to admit, I've not seen much of the event. Jonah Black Taurus is just two big lads knocking lumps out of each other. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> And that crucifix bomb was was a bit wild. Um, we have. So what do we have? We have. So I'll, I'll just read the uh, read the results out here. Uh, Trey Miguel in a non-title match defeated John Skyler, and Havoc defeated Tennille Dashwood uh, on the pre-show. 
Uh, Jake something defeated Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Mike Bailey in a number one contender's exhibition fatal four way. Jonah defeating Black Taurus. Jay White defeating Eric Young. Diana Perrazzo offered an open challenge for either her Ring of Honor or her AAA Women's Championship. Miranda Alaze of Ring of Honor chose to go for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Matt Cardona um, tricking Jordan Gracie into giving him a low blow uh, to retain his title via disqualification. Jordan Gracie then leathered him with a chair. Um, a clip a lot of people have uh, probably seen and it, um, it is ramifications not only in Impact but in, in New Japan as well. Uh, the Good Brothers uh, went up against the Bullet Club's members, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, uh, only for Jay White to kick the Gorillas of Destiny out of the Bullet Club and welcome the Good Brothers back in. Yeah. Uh, so the Impact World Champions now, uh, World Tag Team Champions, along with Chris Bay, uh, are the Bullet Club presence on Impact. Gorillas of Destiny kicked out. Uh, Tamatonga uh, tweeted out, I'm not going anywhere. First revenge. I'm like, oh, fair enough. Uh, Mickey James defeated Tasha Steeles uh, in a singles match for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Moose defeating W. Morrissey in a big lads battering brawl. And honour, so... Let's talk about the main event. So it was Team Impact. It was Chris Sabin, Rhino, Rich Swan, Steve Macklin, and Eddie Edwards. Uh, Steve Macklin wanted to be on the team. People didn't think they could trust him. He's only just arrived in Impact. Why would he have a loyalty there? Ignoring the fact that Rich Swan's been there about what six months longer. <laughs> <laughs> we go backstage and we find out that. Um, that Eddie Edwards has been taken out. Everyone assumes on the team assumes Steve Macklin. Chris Sabin is the one that finds him. The internet, when I was on, everyone was like, it was Sabin, wasn't it? It's going to be Chris Sabin. Uh, Willie Mack replaces Eddie Edwards. Uh, an Impact original, clearly. <laughs> yet, more, yet more reason why Steve Macklin should not have been yelled at. Uh, they went up against Honor No More, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, Vincent and Kenny King. And the match ends with Eddie Edwards turning his back on Team Impact. He faked the injury. He faked the injury. He's a uh, he. He cost a uh, Team Impact the match, and Honor No More have, are now uh, available to remain in Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'm really, I'm really enjoying how Impact are. They're keeping in, uh, the interest in themselves, but they're also furthering storylines for other companies it, it seems to be a place that Scott Demore has said Impact's open for business and I'm I'm really enjoying the Impact stuff and the Bullet Club stuff sorry the Ring of Honor stuff oh yeah I mean look you know I think he's doing some brilliant stuff as, as Demore there he's you know obviously did the deal with WWE to get Mickey over there for the Rumble he's doing this with Ring of Honor he's furthering New Japan stories you know there's a lot of cool stuff here and Quietly, the stuff that I've seen from Impact, they've been putting on some bangers of shows. Honestly, I've not had a chance to watch this one yet, but some of the weekly TV they've put out has been decent. And they yeah, they're, they're doing some really cool stuff. And yeah, you know, I think in in the current landscape, you know, you have to innovate a little bit and you have to do something a little bit different to what everybody else is doing. And if they're just going, well, look, you know, we're here and we're open for business. Yeah. You know, if you want to come and work with us, come and work with us. 
been great. And, you know, Jonathan Gresham told me the other week when I talked to him at Progress, you would, yeah, no doubt have heard the, the podcast that came out as well with that. He was telling me that his impact deal is, it's, you know, uh, a paper appearance. And I'm sure, you know, he's, you know, obviously wasn't involved in this. He, uh, he will reinsert himself into this feud at some point. Mm-hmm. He was hoping. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's also, I, I really enjoyed the, the Ring of Honor world title. Uh, sorry, women's world title being mm. on Diana Perazzo because it allows Mickey to have her run with the Impact world title, and it looks like she's going to have a, a wee thing with Chelsea Green going forward. Yeah, um, like it. Ironically, playing the psychotic best friend. Where have we seen that before? Yeah, hmm. Wonder where they got that keeps, idea. But it also keeps Diana Perazzo strong. I believe a. Uh, uh, Aiden English, the former Aiden English, I can't remember his, his impact name off the top of my head. Um, I've enough, I've had enough time calling Zack Ryder Matt Cardona. Um, <laughs> he was saying, like, she's continually held world championships. She's a two-time double champion. Uh, you know, she's had that Triple A title for a while. She, you know, she's she's always a champion. She's she's sort of like their Becky Lynch over there. Where yeah. Like, she has been a champion non-stop for like two and a half years. So it's pretty cool to see that. And excuse me. Uh, coming out of this, the Sacrifice pay-per-view event live on March 5th. Uh, we've got some matches announced for that already coming out of last night's Impact. Uh, Heath Slater, sorry, Heath Miller, has issued a challenge to Moose which he's accepted, so Heath is going to go up against Moose for the World Championship. Uh, Chelsea Green and Tasha Steeles having a more contendership match next week. The winner of that will face Mickey James. Violent by Design are going to go up against the Good Brothers for the Impact World Tag Titles. I suspect the Gorillas of Destiny will be getting involved in that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Something will be getting his number one contenders match against Trey Miguel. Uh, the Influence versus the Inspiration finally happening. Uh, Jay White versus Alex Shelley. That is going to be absolutely amazing. That's that is going to be awesome. That is going to be uh, if the, if they're given at least twenty minutes. That for me is going to be a contender for match of the year. So Can't wait for that. Um, Jonah's going to continue his run of battering other big fellas, uh, taking on PCO, and um, for his betrayal of Team Impact, Eddie Edwards is going to go up against Rhino. Um, Eddie Edwards such a likable guy, yet they consistently make him heal. But he's really, yeah. really good at it. So it's like... <laughs> and wearing a feeler jacket on, on doing his promo the other night. That's uh, something you don't see very often. <laughs> but yeah, Impact, as you said, their, their weekly tapings are really good. I, I always watch Impact pay-per-views. I try to keep up with the weekly TV where I can. Uh, Scott usually fills me in on that uh, if I miss anything. But... I I thoroughly enjoy the pay. I look forward to an impact pay per view. Yeah, I try and catch up as much as I can. Um, mostly keep up with like the clips and and stuff from the weekly shows. But if I can catch the the pay per view when I've had the time or the you know whatever you want to call them these days. Um, live event. I, I just sounded very old man shouting at Cloud then, didn't I? Whatever you want to call these blooming pay per views these days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, whatever you want. To, yeah, whatever you want to say that I, I've. I've enjoyed the ones that I've seen so far inside the past sort of six to eight months, and uh, and they've, like I said, they've been doing some good good stuff, and I'm 
you know, I'm I'm there for it. One of my one of my best mates is a really big impact fan and he talks about them quite a lot. Um, and he's been singing their praises for a long time. And I said to him the other day, you know, you were right. This has been a really good period of time for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just reading one here. Um, Wrestling Observer. uh, It's a a Cody Rhodes news story. It said, Cody Rhodes noted, there's ended up being a lot of misinformation out there and even some venom, but said as far as the reasoning... uh, he's left the AEW, he's keeping his word and not discussing it. it the, the tweet here says, he only used the term that the son of Dusty would use, saying, I left that territory, it was just time. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, again, I think he's, he's he's keeping his powder dry, really, and he? He's not really talking about it too much. He's not saying enough and keeping the interest there did you i don't know if you heard this but apparently like the the cody Rhodes stroke aew situation a contract situation was the most searched thing on the internet not long ago say that again it was the most searched thing online was it? i think on like yeah. google trends it was the cody Rhodes aew contract was right at the top of their searches There you go. <laughs> Which is wild, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I oh, this it, it's it's a it's a mad situation. Hey, it, you know, people are excited about him coming back to WWE and and what he could do there. He's obviously said the word venom. There is he going to go straight back for Randy Orton? Or are they dropping the hint like that? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's it, it, it's interesting. And again, like you know, a, a bit of extra buzz about the business. Where's he going to turn up? Is he going to turn up? Who knows? I um, I think they were... Um, I think this is maybe a response to the Kenny Omega interview recently. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, yeah, I did, I did hear that. Yeah, yeah. Where he... Where he has came out and basically said that... Um, Cody was more into the was more into the the us and them than than we were. We didn't like that. We didn't push that. And it's like whether Cody was into it more or not, you can't deny there was a at the start of AEW there isn't as much now. Probably just with Tony Khan, but there was an us versus them mentality, and that was kind of what excited people. Yeah. Because they, it was like they wanted one, that. The fans wanted that. And it was like, after a while, yeah, we were like, right, this is getting a bit boring, guys, can we? But WWE did it as well. AEW did it. There was a us versus them mentality. Pardon me. And it's, to say there wasn't, it's just a flat lie. But then again, I think like Kenny is the kind of, uh, of guy and the kind of wrestler who just wants to go out there and put on incredible matches. He doesn't care about that side of the business. He's not fussed about the ah uh, well you know we're we're one tribe we're fighting against the other one. It's you know it, to to steal a line from James O'Brien. He doesn't like he doesn't want to get involved in the footballification of it. Yeah, you know, where you've got to support one or the other, and I, I don't think he's that fussed. He just wants to go out there and perform and do really good matches. But Cody coming into it, and this was where the whole EVP thing. And I know we've discussed this on a previous podcast before when. 
you know, contracts are up and things were changing. And I said at the time, I think this is the beginning of the change back stage in AEW. This is them arresting that EVP stuff and removing it away from those guys. And, you know, your talent were the guys in charge here. And, you know, Cody has had a taste of that and being a, you know, being a, an executive vice president. And again, it sounds very fancy, but, you know, speaking to somebody who works in banking, you know, they were saying, well, you know, there's in, in the finance sector, there's hundreds of thousands of executive vice presidents. It's just a title. Um, sorry if you're an EVP, <laughs> but, but yeah, not dissing you. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, mean, I work in a one one person department, so I am I am the head of the yeah, department. Yeah. I am also You're the, the EVP boy. of your department. The EVP, the head of the decorating committee, president of the secret Santa committee, <laughs> uh, president of the party planning committee. Uh, much as that annoys Angela, and yes, yes, I am. I am everything. I'm, the, I'm self-employed, so you know, I'm 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 technically <laughs> the boss of of me. You're not the boss of me now. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I think like Cody obviously been like, well, you know, I'm enjoying this. I, I like doing it. I want this in my new deal. And when Tony Khan went, no, you know, this is this is the way things are now. And also, we're not giving you three quarters of a million dollars. As well, something that I think, you see when people, you, you talk about the football, footballification of it all and um, not wanting to support one side or the other. Mm. I think as well, see... Um, I, I I think as well the us versus them coming out of this. There's a, a, a are you on team Can or are you on team Rhodes? And it's like yeah. y- you can actually see the point of both of them. Cody Rhodes yeah. was the one that came up with this idea and started the company, and you know is well within his rights to go. I would like this and this and this. Tony Khan is the money behind it, and Tony Khan is yeah. the guy who who to his credit has kind of streamlined the booking and went, right, we can't have, you know, Brandy Rhodes with Cody while he's face, but then she's, you know, scalping people with Awesome Kong as a heel. You know, he sort of streamlined it all. He's well within his rights to go, no, you can have this. And both of them are in their rights to go, well, you know what? Either, you know, Tony's well within his rights to say, piss after WWE, and (laughs) Cody's well within his rights to go, fuck you, I'm going somewhere (laughs) else. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a... It's, no one is perfect in this. There's no oh, yeah. I mean, look, this is a bit. This is a business decision that just hasn't worked out. And I think that if it if it wasn't Cody Rhodes, if it was somebody else, nobody would be caring. But because it's Cody Rhodes, who you know, as you say, he's the guy who started the fire. In effect, he's the guy who started this whole thing going. He is AEW in a sense. This it's a symbolic thing that he is AEW, even though he isn't. Yeah, like realistically, but symbolically yeah. he is, and that's how it's seen. He's the guy who disappeared from WWE and started a revolution. But now it looks like he's going to go back. Why? Because business, and it makes sense, and it makes money. And what's he going to do? He's doing. Gonna, he's making a decision, which I mean, he's not going to get any booking. You know, saying in, in, in WWE, that's never going to happen. But not get booking, say, but. You know, the likes of Daniel Bryan and Edge. Edge had a run on Raw when he was injured uh, yeah. after the Randy Orton match where he was on the booking committee and... Um, oh, yeah, they're going to be able to yeah. use him in a position like that. Yeah, and Daniel Bryan had a wee run on the SmackDown booking team. So, hey, you never know. He might get a wee go on the booking, but 
And more importantly for him, what's he going to do? He's going to make bank. He's going to make the money that he wants to make because WWE can afford it. So he's going to be able to sign a contract which, much like, you know, and I ultimate respect for Kevin Owens for saying this, he's come out and said, I've secured my family's future. Cody's got a very young child. He has now secured, if he has signed this contract, he could have secured his family's future without having to worry about running a business. Exactly. And I don't think there's anything wrong with making decisions based on based on your outside wrestling commitments or interests or you know, I think we as fans were we're quite difficult. Uh, so we're quite um well we are quite difficult. We're quite <laughs> we're quite guilty of only seeing seeing the wrestling side, like why would you stay there? They they aren't booking you properly, you know, but someone might say, Well actually I'm staying here because I like being on the road or I don't like being on the road or I'm I'm very happy with money here or you know I, I get more time with my family you know it, it just depends you know what I mean and you can you can throw in this name into it as well because yeah this this is guy who's been fired rehired fired again and rehired again Drake Maverick's now back with WWE mm-hmm. and he's back in the the you know the creative team which I think is a wonderful position for him. It's a high-stress position, but I think it's a very good one because he's done it with impact. You know, and he's a very smart man. He's, you know, he's very clever. He knows wrestling. He knows the business. He knows what gets over. And he'll be a great addition to that team. But, you know, people could say, why would you go back there? Because they've treated you badly so much, you know, so much in the past. Well, he's gone, you know, I, I, I enjoy the life that I've been living with my wife and I enjoy the life I've been living here. This is a guaranteed job. It's giving me money. I'm still working in wrestling. I'm not in the ring every week. And by God, I'm not in the ring throwing myself around. I mean, like, you know, he was a, a face who got bumped like no tomorrow. You know, so like, he's not, you know, bumping around so much every night of the week, but he's in the business earning some good money. So you have to kind of respect that, but then all you see online is why is he gone back there? No, no, it's again the footballification of all. That's a great quote, by the way. Who did you say you took that from? Uh, James O'Brien, who's uh, is on LBC. Okay, well, I'll. Uh, it's mine now. Okay, I came up with it, and if anyone does, <laughs> he put it in his book. I do, but I think he, that's where he kind of first came up with it. He uses it on on his show quite a lot, but it was in one of his books. Uh, that he used uh, the term footballification, and uh, yeah, it's it's one that I've occasionally dropped into into conversation. <laughs> um, well, a couple of small uh, small announcements here. Well, not not small for Tony Khan. He's teasing a major announcement. Um, it's going to be on next week's Dynamite. There's going to be a major major announcement from Tony Khan. Um, Would you like a quote? On you go. Khan has said, I promise you guys right now, I have a huge announcement coming and nobody knows what it is. It's going to be something very important in the wrestling business. It's not just one particular piece of talent. It's something very special and I'm really excited about it. I believe it's something we're going to be in a position to announce on Wednesday. So I'm pretty excited about that. 
you remember for a while under uh, Dixie Carter's disastrous reign where every week TNA would have a huge announcement? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that's I feel that's um, Tony Khan at the minute. Don't get me wrong, his announcements usually are like big signings and they do deliver. But like, just how many big announcements can you have? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, calm it down. Yeah, I, I mean, like, wouldn't it be great to have a genuine surprise? Like, some, not even mentioned, nobody knows about it, nobody says anything, and then boom, it just happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love that. Absolutely. And I, I hate that as well. It happens with TV shows now. Yeah. Like some, some character, will, something will happen to a character at the end of the season and then someone will go, oh, but do you remember in season two when this, like when, I'm not even going to say spoiler alert because it happened in season four, it was in 2016. So if you don't want Game of Thrones spoilers from 2016, look away. <laughs> when Jon Snow was killed at the end of one of the seasons of Game of Thrones, and we were like, fuck, and then everyone was like, yeah, but the the uh, the Lord of Light will just bring him back. Remember in season two? When that, and you're like, yeah. no, that was such an inconsequential scene in season two that I didn't remember that. And now I'm going to wait a year to be like, okay, so they're bringing him back? Are they bringing him back? When's the Firewatch coming? Like, it just, just fucking ruins things. <laughs> <laughs> just show up, Tony. You, you, just you wanna yeah, show just up, do man. it. What's Tony? Because it would be a surprise if Tony Khan opened an episode of um, AEW with no announcement. Yeah. And that's the thing. Most people watch the opening of wrestling shows. They don't watch the main events. Just go get the fucking... When the traffic's there, oh, fucking... <laughs> oh, I'm getting a bit old man yells at Cloud now. I, I, know, I know you've got a rant boiling up in just a little bit, so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm holding back for that. Yeah, so, well, we'll talk about one more thing about that. You mentioned uh, some details about AJ Styles' new contract to me uh, off-air. Yes, apparently um, there are several WWE superstars making millions and millions of dollars per year, and uh, AJ Styles has apparently re-signed a new contract worth about $3 million per year, Um, and apparently he's expected to stay with the company for life. Uh, which is is very interesting indeed. Uh, Wade Keller from uh, PW Torch's audio show has been saying um, he's here in WWE. I'm not saying that they're at the percent they should be in terms of uh, uh, paid talent versus revenue coming in or anything like that, but they're paying more people multi-million dollars per year more easily than in the past. So it doesn't apply to everybody, but there are uh, more big money contracts being offered than ever before. Uh, Keller describes Styles as someone kind of like a Shawn Michaels type where you expect them to be part of the company in some form or fashion forever. Apparently, like I said, $3 million a year that moves him into a uh, a level of talent which includes the likes of Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, the Randy Orton's Edge, Goldberg, The Miz. Um, Owens apparently is a top paid guy as well. So, yeah, I'm sure Seth Rollins is in that bracket too. Um yeah, a lot of big talent there, and and uh, yeah, I, I can't see AJ going anywhere else. To be honest, anyway, I think he was picking up that contract. He did the right thing. He's clearly enjoyed his time in WWE. I think he's done a lot of stuff he didn't think would ever be possible. And uh, you know, fair play to him, and he's he's secured the bag. Yeah, well, he's he's forty four years old at the minute. He's he's as you said, he's done a lot of stuff and. 
WWE that he didn't think would, you know, certainly as wrestling fans, we didn't think would ever happen. You know, he's won the Intercontinental title, he's won the US title three times, the WWE title twice, won the Raw Tag titles, you know. Um, he's, you know, he's a Grand Slam and a Triple Crown champion in WWE. Um, but he um, he's 44 at the minute. Did it confirm that it was a it was a three year deal? Yep, three years. Three I year believe. deal. Three years, I believe. I think uh, for, I think when it's forty seven, I don't think he'll be in the company for life. Can I? I think I think he might get the itch to wrestle again, and I think he may go back to Impact. Maybe I after mean, that. Look, they all get that that itch, and especially you know, I mean, like age doesn't mean anything these days, and we can see that with the way AJ Styles moves around the ring and does what he does. So yeah, there there probably is a lot more ring time left in him. Yeah, and I I, I say that though, like he's always going to go back to to TNA um, or, but WWE might say, hey, can we put you on a Legends deal and bring you back for WrestleMania yeah. once a year? Maybe um, that'll happen. But hey, we, we, I never, you never know. You, but uh, a couple of, would you call it a couple of wee things when I was I was searching his age there, it was saying AEW didn't send out any feelers to AJ Styles before they re-signed with WWE. Don't Think need him. Said. Think don't need said. him. No, they don't need him. But I think, as you said, um, he's very happy in WWE. I don't think he would have. Um, oh, he wouldn't have gone. Uh, and apparently primed for a, a major WWE main event run after his new contract signing. So hey, maybe maybe he's the guy that dethrones Roman Reigns. They had some really good matches back in uh, 2016. Yeah, maybe 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 there's something there. I mean, yeah, he's obviously done the great stuff with uh, Grayson Waller recently. Uh, give a, a, a rub there, and I think that's something he can do well with. He can work with new stars because of the way that he works in the ring and the knowledge he can bring, and you know. Iron sharpens iron. You get someone like that working with a Grayson Waller, um, you know, and bringing him onto the main roster. It does them not just a world of good in in the fact that their standing in the company is going to improve because people will see that he's on a level with AJ Styles there. But it also helps him improve as a a, a wrestler. It improves as somebody in the ring. And and yeah, we know AJ can do the do it on the mic as well. He, he's He's the full package or he wouldn't be there. Grayson Waller can learn so much from the likes of AJ Styles, who can, you know, who can be an absolute dick of a heel. So, you know, it's it's perfect to you know put people like that together. And maybe that's sort of AJ's stuff going forward. But I mean, obviously he's apparently desperately wanting to wrestle Edge at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, give me that. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. Um so we move to that to um, something a bit closer to home, and that's insane championship wrestling. You crack um, on. I'm just going to go and grab some popcorn. <laughs> um, so ICW had their their annual Square Go event, or should I say their usual annual Square Go event. Um, COVID cancelled last year's uh, Square Go. Uh, some good matches on the card. Uh, Daz Black, and uh, I'm very sorry to Dylan Knife. I forgot his second name. Um, but Daz Black versus Dylan for the Zero G Championship. Two up-and-coming guys. 
Uh, Daz Black's been really, really good in ICW uh, for a while now. Dropping the title to uh, dropping the title to Dylan, who put on an absolute clinic with himself, and he's doing some great stuff with the manifesto. Uh, Mark Haskins against uh, Kez Evans. Kez Evans has continued his run of from 2018 when he first joined the company uh, to uh, to currently as world champion. His run of just being a total despicable heel, and he's absolutely great at it. And there was. There were some good showings for the likes of, you know, the women's division, Lizzie Evil, uh, Molly Spartan and uh, Angel Hayes and the Triple Not Threat. Not saying it because she's a, you know, she's a scouser, uh, like, but Lizzie's bloody brilliant. She is indeed. She certainly raised the level of that match, I think. She um, is ace, is Lizzie, and yeah, there's big things in, in her future. And Kings of the North retaining their, their tag titles, Kings of the North. I'm glad to see her now a regular fixture in ICW. Uh, as they were sort of flirting for years as like sort of uh, major attractions, they're now part of the company full time. But and it's an ongoing problem with ICW. It's the booking is so fucking lazy. The booking ICW as an alternative around about twenty twelve burst onto the scene and then when the likes of Drew went back in 2014 it raised it a level again and it gave it, it felt major it was a it was an over 18s promotion so when WWE was in the swing of the PG era it was something new it was something different they made some great stars there they, they you know some guys have gone on to great success who got you know who had a, a great time in uh, ICW. Some guys and some girls, the likes of Kaylee Ray, uh, Piper Niven slash Dewdrop, Drew McIntyre, you know, with the likes of uh, Mustache Mountain or British Strong Style, they all had time there as well. So it, it's been a, a ground where lots of people have, have came out of. But fuck me, the past few years, the company and the... <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying not to have a go at the fans here, but there's like a loyal group of 100 people who go to these shows regularly and they stand in the sh- same place and they, they they watch the show from the same place and they have their favourites and, you know, that's absolutely up to them. And they they will take anything, much much like I'm guilty of sometimes WWE. Whatever you spoon feed me, I'll take it, WWE. I, I, I don't care. I don't, I'm still living off the Attitude Era. These people, I think, are still living off this... this this golden age where Drew McIntyre was there. And by the way, stop asking for Drew McIntyre to come back because Drew McIntyre is not coming back to ICW. He's too busy main eventing pay-per-views with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and The Undertaker. You know, he's, he's, he's a bit busy to get to the garage on a Sunday night. This, this past year's square goal was honestly horrendous. If you, For those of you that don't see or don't follow ICW, a big complaint about this year's Royal Rumble was the fact that there was no surprises there. There was no surprises in this square goal. And an age of British wrestling where, and I know restrictions might prevent you getting people in from America or getting people in from, from Japan like they've done in the past, but British wrestling is crawling with talent. And I get that there might be a rebuilding phase, some might say, in ICW, or there might be new talent coming through. But they did nothing to showcase this new talent in the match. 
they were sort of just cannon fodder and they, they waited about in the ring. And it just, some of people just waited about for their time to be eliminated and that was it. There was no, there was no progression. There was no, there was no, oh my God, he had a really, you know, he had a breakout show there. No, it was just trainees from GPWA or Source making up the numbers and then getting eliminated straight away. And it did nothing for them and it did nothing for the match. And then the number 30 entrant, uh, no, no fault of, of Levi Justice, but the number 30 entrant, I've not seen a number 30 be so un, so universally hated since Rey Mysterio in 2014. It was just... And it's a continuing lazy pattern for this company who has had such a, a damaged reputation throughout the speaking out movement. You'd think they'd be doing more to put on great shows so they've been known for their great shows now. But no, it's just, there was a small group of people that left that show the other night happy. And you know what? Fair play to Dilty Leighton Buzzard because he, do, he does deserve the win. And he, he has a great upcoming British talent. But there was a large majority of that crowd that left that were like, that was pish. That was, that was absolutely pish. No stars were made. No breakout moments happened, no surprises, just everything that our rumble shouldn't be. And unfortunately, it's just, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back because it was, it, it's just a continued pattern of laziness and lazy booking that ICW have had since the very first Hydro show. Since they got to that point, it's almost as if they're like, well, we can stand still now. We, we've made it. And they've done nothing since then, in my opinion. And it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. The prices they charge for these events, that there was no surprises there. I'm sorry, but if you've got a relationship with WWE, could you not have made a call? Could you not? Have, you're not telling me that, you know, Progress had Eli Dragunov there. So you're not, you, you can't use the excuse, oh, WWE's not giving us anyone. Eli Dragunov was at Progress. He is now in a feud in progress. Progress got Jonathan Gresham from the States. So like I said, there might be travel restrictions, but there's not not many travel restrictions. And there's so much talent in the United Kingdom that you could have got. And again, it's just lazy, lazy, lazy booking from, from the top to the bottom of the card. There's just no imagination. And I'm just... Truth be told, it's probably the last ICW show I'm going to because I went to Fear and Loathing. It was a two-day show. I had a great time the first night because I was very, very drunk. And then the next day, I was just sat, sat there like, what is the point? What is the absolute point? It's it's lazy booking and it's just got to the point where I'm like, I'd, I'd rather give my money to someone else because... I'm just gobsmacked at how a company that was so revolutionary and so provocative and so in your face and so so continually game-changing and so concerned about securing the best talent in British and world wrestling to get to this point where they have stood still for so long. That, that square goal was the straw that brought the camels back. It was absolute pish. See, I can tell you weren't happy with it. Um, for many reasons. 
and it's it's so hard. It's like I said, there's always going to be any promotion in the world is going to have a hardcore faithful. Any promotion, they're going to have their set of fans who are going to be like you said, they're going to be happy to you know to to watch whatever. And maybe it is looking back to those kind of halcyon days of 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 what it was in in you know 2014 and whatever. And when you think, you know, of the company in that time and you look through the rose tinted spectacles, it's it's difficult to remove them and and it's hard to see what is happening in front of you. Now, you know, again, I haven't seen the event. I, I only know the results from it. I've seen a little bit of ICW recently, as we spoke off air before. A couple of my friends have recently been part of ICW and have been on, on the WWE network. Um, uh, and again, because, you know, these, these guys are good friends of mine. And I think they're actually a very good tag team, the Synergy Boys. Um, if you get a chance to, to see them, seek them out because the matches that you know that they've had have been good but yeah i i understand your concerns i understand every single one of the points that you made and you know when you feel quite passionately about the fact that it is standing still and it's not really moving anywhere and and you know the booking decisions aren't exactly correct i mean rumbles are just a strange thing anyway i mean the, the matches themselves are chaos but you pointed something out which you know, I saw, uh, you know, uh, another rumble. I've just been part of one as well. I, I was uh, in a rumble, which is going to be on Fight TV at some point soon. Um, and it wasn't exactly a rumble of that size. It was a smaller one. I came into it quite late on. Uh, but again, it was packed with trainees, apart from the three or four estab- more established, shall we say, names uh, that were in there. Um, and, and, you know, I... I got the instruction and basically you, you, you know, I can, I can go in, I can do my bit and I can get my, you know, a few bits over. Um, and, and then that's it. You know, I was, I was out. Um, they're, they're really difficult. Like you said, someone's got the chance to have a star making moment. If, if they do wish to do so now, obviously they didn't book it in that way. Um, and, I think with that, it seems that it was more a moment for those trainees to get some ring time and, you know, do it with people who are a bit more established than them. And it's hard when you come out of something like that because you have that expectation going in. I think that, that this is going to be a great event with these surprises, things coming up. I think, you know, maybe there with the, you know, saying progress obviously got Ear Dragon off. Uh, I was there for that. Uh, which was, you know, a great surprise. The crowd pops like no tomorrow for it. Obviously, he's doing that. Gresham was there as well. Fought my coach, Chris Ridgway, in a fantastic match. Um, you know, the chances to pick up that talent are there. Maybe that's maybe that's something that... And obviously, I don't know what's going through the, you know, promotion owners' minds or booking teams' minds. Maybe that's something they just simply don't want to do right now um but i understand your concerns with it because you know i think there's the the you know you you're probably not going to be alone feeling like that there'd be a lot more people who saying like you said a lot more people walked out of that show thinking that it wasn't good enough and and that maybe is something that needs to be addressed um it'd be interesting to see what they do for their next show if they up the ante a little bit, um, 
and and change things and maybe try. I think you know if they try to get someone in to get a big pop, it's then keeping them there, isn't it? Yeah, like I know Gresham's obviously, like you said, doing some stuff with Progress. He's doing a storyline with them, and there's the title versus title with Kara coming up. Um, like you say, people just look for those stars to come back over, don't they? You know, they'll be looking for the likes of of, of Dewdrop, Piper Niven, um, and, and Drew to maybe pop back over and do something. Um, but like you said, Drew and 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 Dewdrop are in completely different positions right now where they're up at the top end of their cards doing their thing. It's hard. And yeah, I, I think, you know, everything you have said there is something for the guys at ICW to take on board because I'm sure they'll have had the, the hot takes online. You've just delivered something very, very passionate right there. That's is you a long-term watcher, Goa spent money with that promotion. You know, you're invested in it. And, you know, those are the type of fans that need to be listened to. And it's not just fantasy booking. It's like, no, we, you know, this, this is what we want the best for you. Just don't go wasting what you've got. I think that, that's it, isn't it? It's, it's trying to make sure that they have the best of the best because they've put themselves across that way. Well, I'll I'll give you an example. Um, 2019 and 2020, I went to the Square Go, and one of the surprise entrants in 2019 was um, was Jeff Jarrett, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Um, they had Angelico on the card going up against um, against Lionheart for the world title. They had uh, Tony Storm in the women's title match. And 2020, I believe it was, uh, they had Ricky Shane Page, who they managed to get over uh, from the States, and Trent Seven. They were like the big surprise. So, mm. you know, some a loaded card one year with the surprise entrant of uh, Double J, and Trent Seven and Ricky Shane Page as two surprise announcements as well uh, in 2020. So some good... Um, some good uh, surprises there. And I, I remember leaving the 2020 square goal being like, like we were a wee bit unhappy with something that um, me and Chris talked about when we reviewed this year's Rumble. We thought there was maybe a bit, there was too many tag teams in there. But like that's when you got the likes of, you know, Kez won the match and it was really competitive and um, you had... You know the likes of Trent there and Ricky Shane Page and you know a lot of a, a lot of guys in there who were you know I think you had the likes of Grado there as well. It was a fun time. It was a fun match. It was just the case of that was a minor complaint. Oh well, there might have been too many tag wrestlers in there. When you're not complaining, but when you're just complaining like like the, the lack of talent that is in the match. Mm. Not not, and I'm I'm not saying lack of talent as in lack of talent, all these guys weren't good. It's lack of experience and lack of name value, yeah, I guess. Yeah, isn't it? lack of name value in the talent. That's what. That's more what I mean. It's just, it's a continual slap in the face and it's, you know, every so often, oh, by the way, well, you know, they'll, they'll pull something out the the hat to get people back, but they'll not keep them there because they don't do this long term and it's just so frustrating. But, I'll leave it at that, and you know what? If ICW changes, it changes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's 
it's no skin off their nose for me to be ranting on a podcast and it's no skin off my nose if I have to go elsewhere to get wrestling because there is plenty in the UK. Oh, there's uh, plenty of it about right now. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Shall we move on to uh, David Campbell's insane ramblings? Uh, from <laughs> yeah. um, so I- I'm going to read this word for word, the little shit. Um, WWE are putting all their eggs in one basket with Roman versus Brock at Mania once again for both titles. We already know the mainstream appeal of Brock Lesnar, but my question for you, as Roman Reigns a mainstream star, would your non-wrestling friends and family know who he is? Let us know in the comments below, and ESSR's least recognisable star, Ross McLeod, will read your answers out on Central. <laughs> what a little shithead. <laughs> An absolute little shithead. <laughs> oh, well... Alan McLucas, uh, this was this sprung from a chat in our um, in our own group chat, uh, our private podcast group chat, I should say. Uh, Alan McLucas said, "Yes, over forty million followers on social media has appeared on TV shows, movies, and all the major US talk shows. He is the biggest name in the wrestling industry currently, and he's also a major name and a a and the major name in the wrestling industry." Uh, Jack Graham says, I would say no in wrestling terms, he absolutely is, but if he's out doing press, I reckon there's only some sense of recognisability through the WWE title. You take that away, and I'm sure a lot of people would struggle to say who he actually is. Um, David Hockney saying, not yet, I think a lot of casual fans are stuck in the Attitude Era, with the most recognisable names being Stone Cold Rock and The Undertaker. Roman certainly has the potential to have that mainstream appeal, but needs to take part in more ventures outside the WWE bubble, not just the occasional talk show appearance. Uh, Stephen Wilson saying, I wouldn't say he's a mainstream star just yet in terms of the male WWE roster, though him and Brock are in a league of their own uh, when it comes to star power. Mark, uh, Mark Campbell says, my honest opinion, you can't compare the current roster with the Attitude Era roster. Both are completely different. Brock is a mainstream appeal with his past in WWE and UFC, so he does sell tickets and put bums in the seats. However, Roman Reigns, I find very boring with his promos and matches. I'm sorry he doesn't do it for me, and I know that will split opinions. Yes, WWE needs a top main event for WrestleMania this year, for sure. But at the same time, they've both beaten The Undertaker at WrestleMania, so for me, whoever wins will be the man. And for me, I'm Brock Lesnar. So... More leaning to he's not a mainstream star yet. What are your thoughts on it? So in the world of WWE, he is probably one of the biggest stars in the business. Uh, if not the biggest right now, uh, apart from Brock Lesnar. And I'm talking active roster. Um, he's obviously a man who's been on the you know, sort of minds and, and lips of many fans for years because they've desperately wanted to see him in the role that he's playing right now for so long but you know it was persistent that he is the big face of the company so he's got to be the face and he's you know uh so in the world of wrestling yes because we're obsessed with it and we know who he is and we know what he's about um People mention about him being in movies. I mean, some of the comments you mentioned there about him movies and stuff like that. Um, let me just read his credits here when it comes to movies. Fast and Furious presents Hobson Shaw. Eleanor of, Av- uh, of Avalor. And the Jetsons and WWE Robo WrestleMania. 
two of those, he was just in the voice cast. He's only been in one proper movie. He ain't a mainstream star yet. Roman so, Reigns, as big as he is, and yeah, he's done all the TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah, he's, he's done all the talk shows. And people are like, oh, that's the guy from WWE. Yeah, yeah, he's the wrestler. Um, Would they instantly peg him as The Rock's cousin? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I um, would they instantly go, oh, that's Roman Reigns? No, he is nowhere near on a mainstream appeal level of the likes of Stone Cold, of the likes of Dwayne, of the likes of John Cena. You know, John Cena now is probably one of the most marketable. I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I know he probably won't admit this himself, but I'm going to say former WWE superstar because I think he's pretty much done now. Yeah. But he's just had the, Big one of the biggest and most well reviewed and well liked superhero shows on TV. He's gonna have more and more movie credits coming up as you go. Dwayne Johnson is the most marketable, the most popular man, the most well paid actor in Hollywood. Roman Reigns ain't on that level right now, you know. This is the point where, you know, if, if we're, you know, Rome, going full Roman Reigns, he's got to acknowledge them because he's not on their level at all. And that is a big, you know, a, a big distinction between the two. Again, I'm just looking right now at um, John Cena and his credits. You know, he's got one, two, three four, five, six, seven movies, either in pre-production, post-production, or filming. That's six, sorry. I, I tell a lie. One's a video game. Um, he's got six movies in post-production or pre-production right now. There's Vacation Friends, Peacemaker, obviously, Suicide Squad, Fast and the Furious 9, he was in Doolittle. Uh, he was also in, um, you know, obviously he was in Fighting With My Family for a little bit. He was uh, the lead in Bumblebee, which was hailed as one of the better Transformers movies. You know, one, two, three, four, more, you know, four movies here, to, four big movies. Another one, Trainwreck, he was fantastic in that. You know, He's had a lot of credits. Roman Reigns ain't had that yet. Roman Reigns ain't on that level. He ain't on the Rock's level. As a mainstream star, if, you, if, if me and you went onto our respective streets right now to the pubs around the corner or whatever and went, hey, yo, um, do you know Roman Reigns? They'd say no. And if you said, do you know John Cena or do you know The Rock? They would say yes. Do you know, um, and I'll throw another name out there for the talk shows. The Miz has done all the talk shows. Miz isn't a yeah. mainstream superstar. Dancing with probably, the stars. He's probably more known by the mainstream public, and especially the States, for doing the likes of Mr. and Mrs. and Total Divas and Dancing with the Stars. He's a reality he star. He's a, you know, people, people know that because he's a reality star. And... 
the likes of I'll I'll tell you who I think are mainstream stars, and it's because of uh, like obviously you talked about John Cena. I think he became a mainstream star through memes and through through yeah. Vine and like Randy Orton with the RKO vines became became a massive celebrity. Chris Jericho, little bit of the bubbly, that became. That became a meme, that became a mainstream meme in a vine overnight. And then, you know, put it this way, Roman Reigns I, is in memes as, like people say, I didn't realise Aquaman was in WWE. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's his recognisability to the mainstream audience. People don't go, well, actually, that's, that's Roman Reigns. Or, um but there's there's something I, I put in the comments there just so I would remember to say it. But um, I think we wrestling fans get caught in the bubble a bit too much. The prime example was the reaction to Bad Bunny at first. People were like, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Oh, do you know what? My friend said exactly the same, and I went, "That guy is the most streamed artist in the world. Mm. He is a mainstream <laughs> superstar. You are." Yeah. You are completely missing the point of why he's there. Yep, and d- people don't realise what a mainstream get it was for WWE. Huge. And then, similarly, I think we do this with wrestlers and overestimate their appeal. Roman Reigns sells tickets to wrestling fans, but you know, and it, it comes back to what Eric Bischoff says about the likes of uh, Danielson and Punk and Adam Cole going to AEW. It's great mm. for the wrestling fans. It's great for the fans watching. Oh yeah. Does that bring in casual fans? No. It, it brings in. It brings in completely. It, it, the people who wanted to see them are already there, and the. It, it's ironic that AEW couldn't bring new stars and uh, new viewers in by going to, uh, by get, getting these ex WWE guys in. But people are now tuning into WWE, some laps fans, to see if Cody Rhodes shows up. Yep. So it's actually went the other way. And I don't think Roman Reigns brings in the casual fan. I think I think Brock Lesnar brings in the casual fan. I think I think I don't even think Brock sorry, not even Brock Lesnar. I think WrestleMania, the event, brings in the casual fan. But yeah, you look at that. You look at that, and you mentioned Brock Lesnar. You can throw Ronda Rousey in the same category as well. They're yeah. legit athletes, and they've got a fan base away from WWE that will go over to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And you know that they don't need to be movie stars because they're athletes. You know, so they've got that mainstream appeal because they've got the credibility from, you know, Brock Lesnar, former UFC heavyweight champion, you know, and Ronda Rousey, who dominated that female scene in UFC for so long. Yeah, that they've they've got that reputation to bring with them. And, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, it's Brock Lesnar. That's yeah, that's that big. Ass kicking dude, Ronda Rousey. Of course, you know who Ronda Rousey is. Everyone knows who Ronda Rousey is. Yeah, she's the most badass chick on the planet. Everyone knows who she is. Roman Reigns is like, who? He always did, you know, Universal Champion. You know, he's, he's like, the, you know, he's got 40 million followers on whatever. Nah, I don't follow him. Oh, okay. Right. So you know who The Rock is, right? Yeah, yeah, I know The Rock. He's his cousin. Oh. Oh. And then the conversation ends. 
because they don't care. And that, that's it. You know, again, it's no dig on Roman uh, in the slightest because let's face it, he is the top of the industry right now. There's no doubt about it. Um, but as a mainstream star, as somebody who breaks out and crosses across the boundaries, nah. Yeah, and so I've seen this this argument before. Someone mentioned Kenny Omega, and someone went, "There's wrestling fans who don't know who Kenny Omega is. How the hell is the man on the street going to know who he is?" Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what they're trying to say, Kenny Omega's a a, a breakout, you know, mainstream star because he plays video games. No, no, absolutely not. He's, no, sorry. Yeah, like I said, like I said, there's people in uh, wrestling fans who have no idea who Kenny Omega is. Yeah, you know, or or his history. You know, like they they all know Kenny Omega. Because of AEW. They don't know what Kenny Omega's done in Japan. Yeah, 100%. And when, and when they find out he's friends with Xavier Woods, oh my word. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, he's they're in two different companies. How does this work? How could they be friends? How will they ever get along? How will they get along? They, surely they can't speak to each other. It's got to be like when um, back in the day when Sadio Mane and uh, Adrissa Gay. Uh, when Drisca played for Everton and they're like best mates uh, from a Senegal squad and when it was Derby week they never spoke to each other for the week <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that how it works it's like oh you work for WWE I've got to delete your number now I can't speak to you <laughs> finding out to get fired through friends of my friends have you got his number have you his number <laughs> I had his number but he works for the company so I don't want to speak to him anymore <laughs> Wait, wait, we'll, we've got to go on Twitch to actually speak <laughs> and he's not allowed on it because Vince said no we'll, we'll draw a line under this now I think the overwhelming uh, response is that no that he's not yeah, sorry main, Roman <laughs> he's not a mainstream star but he is sorry, the mate. Um, but yeah I for me he's not I, I've, I've said my reasons why Um I think sometimes wrestling fans can't see outside the bubble and that's that's maybe what clouds our judgment by. That is going to do us for this week's loaded episode of um, of ESSR Central. Sorry, I've, I've ranted that much that I've, I've forgot where I am. <laughs> Who am I again? I don't know. Um, the red mist has just cleared them up. What the fuck? Um, thank you for joining us on ESSR Central. Thank you to John. Um, thank well you. Done. Well done on the quiz score of six, now top of a two-person leaderboard. I'd almost forgotten about that, but yay! <laughs> Chris will be on next week to try his luck uh, at the quiz, and then we'll be discussing uh, Impact, no, not No Surrender, what's the next one? Sacrifice, Impact. Sacrifice, yeah, so I'd forgotten. Impact, Sacrifice. We'll be talking about Tony Khan's major announcement, What Could It Be?, We'll be talking about anything. There could be a lot happening on SmackDown tonight. You know, there's the WWE title contract signing. So we'll be discussing all that and more. We never know what we'll be discussing. It's the crazy, crazy world of wrestling. When I signed off with uh, with David one day, I didn't think that on the Tuesday, me and Scott would be talking about Cody Rhodes and Stone Cold Steve Austin returning. So, you know, <laughs> you never know in the world of wrestling. But... If you want to keep up to date with us and all uh, all our goings on, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. 
at Suplex Retweet, Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat, we retweet, easy for me to say, community, you can get involved in the conversation and follow us on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and Android podcasting sites. That's just under Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat. We'll see you again and bye-bye. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat, East Meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check out on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now.